This is the Narrative Shift Podcast, where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Narrative Shift. This is episode 10. We took a short, unplanned hiatus from yeah. the podcast, but we're back. And today we're talking about what it means to create communities. Yeah, man. Um, it's a really great topic. Uh, and if you haven't listened to any other podcast, we are still plowing through just like surface level themes of the book, I See You. Um, actually wrote this book with InterVarsity Press that released August 13th of this year, which is 2019. And uh, we, we've just been like casually, I guess, almost creating community ourselves yeah, on this sure. podcast. Yeah, because yeah, I was considering my community. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's definitely been fun uh, yeah. sitting down and talking over these things. Yeah. Um, I remember writing this chapter, though, um, and I guess one of the movies that inspired this chapter was this movie called Imperial Dreams. Have you ever seen it? It's on think, Netflix. I don't think I have, but I'll have to add it to my list. Yeah, so it follows um, kind of like this journey of a young African-American male. He uh, had some uh, some life challenges. He was just released from uh, prison. He, re- he reunited with his, his son and his family out in Los Angeles, and... Uh, he's legit trying to uh, overcome his past. Uh, he's learned his lesson, and he's doing everything from, you know, trying to be a present father uh, to trying to get uh, work and um, maintain some, uh, a level of distance from the old activity he was involved in, which got him in a lot of trouble. And he's legit trying to do uh, the right thing, and so. Uh, during this movie, you kind of walk through like all of these challenges that he has uh, when it comes to escaping um, some of the the roadblocks or hurdles, if you if you will, um, and overcoming to to live this positive life. And and so it walks us through like um, how hard it was to get his license back because he was you know, having to pay child support, uh, but he couldn't get a a job without his ID. And uh, it it looked at the systems that kind of perpetuated this cycle, even as a a strong will person trying to make the right decisions. And it it all takes place in his community, his community. Mm -hmm. And man, it, it just, it struck a chord in me because it looked at how important uh, communities are, uh, uh, especially uh, communities when you know we have certain relationships in the community. We have access to relationships, and I believe, like one of my uh, close friends would always say, uh, is that opportunities even emerge from community. You know, um, just the support, emotional. I mean, we've talked about the social support. Um, even the s- spiritual support that you can glean from the community. Um, and it, it, this movie kind of like highlights uh, the importance of what it means to uh, change the systems 
uh, that keep people in a perpetuated state of poverty, but it also challenges us to say, what can we do to ensure that people have a better community? Um, how, how important would you say community is, man? Yeah, I would agree. I think in, uh, community is very important. And yeah. like we've talked earlier about social capital yeah. and uh, relational capital, that it really does, uh, uh, so much of life does come down to who you know and who's around you. Mm. Um, who you are in proximity with yeah. can change the course of your future. Mm. Say that again. Who you're in proximity, yeah, who you're in proximity with. with can change the course of your future. What, what, now, what do you mean by that, man? Because, I mean, I understand, but yeah, for yeah. listeners, yeah. I'm sure we've all heard uh, our mothers or grandmothers or some authority figure in our lives say, like, you are who you uh, hang, hang out around. with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some some variation of that quote. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of shrug it off when we're young because we don't have that, um, like, that far-sighted vision mm. of being able to look forward and saying, oh, yeah. Uh, these people aren't necessarily good for me, but I mean, it's so true. Like mm. if you have people around you who don't have any drive and don't have mm. dreams or vision, like you're not gonna, um, you're not going to produce that in your own self. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it even makes me think about, um, you know, certain, sometimes we get a chance to travel and we fly on airplanes or whatever. And, um, uh, the stewardess or, uh, uh, the person who comes on the intercom and they, they're given all these uh, instructions as to what you should do in the case of an emergency. And they always say, <laughs> you know, it's fine that you're sitting next to someone, you know, but make sure in case of an emergency that you put on your oxygen mask first. Yes. And sometimes with relationships, like it's, it can be tough, but we do have to put on our own oxygen mask first. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, because what you said was so key, but it made me think about um, not only the importance of community and what you were talking about, but we also have to have a balance, right, um, to distance ourselves from the communities and, and people that could bring us down. But we also are called to those places, too. Yeah. Because change uh, needs to take place there. Right. And it made me think about the airplane rides because... You know, sometimes uh, when you are trying to, you know, provide change in a community or build relationships with someone uh, who is in a, a, a state of vulnerability, that it's important for you, too, to have your oxygen mask on, um, that you are to also be surrounded uh, with individuals. You spoke of your grandmother. I've had my grandmother. um Several people who acted like my mom, my own mom, say, watch uh, the company company you keep. Mm -hmm. And I think those people also represent a, a breath of fresh air, if you will, and oxygen masks. But as we grow and mature, uh, then we find uh, this sense of calling, right, mm -hmm. uh, that we are to, in some ways, affect change and, and provide compassion for the people uh, <laughs> that most times people are like, I just pass over that community or I'll just pass over this person. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it works both ways. Like, yeah. um, if someone's bad for you, mm. like you could in turn be good for them. But like That's you said, good. it's all about that balance. You, you Say that again. Like somebody can be, 
bad for you, but at the same time, you can be good for them. Wow, that's profound. Yeah, so Unpack that's that, there's got to. That's why, like you said, there's got to be balance. You've mm. got to have. You, you got to make sure you have people and communities around you that are being that uh, positive influence, if you would, and right. are making like making sure you're being lifted up, making sure your oxygen mask is on mm. before you can go into a community or into a friendship or other relationship and trying to be a positive influence. Right. Right. And, and so outlined in this chapter, I talk about the three different types of communities and we all know, uh, that we have our community of birth. Um, uh, secondly, we have the, the community that we find, uh, and then, you know, kind of like, Thirdly, I think it's the community that we create, right? Uh, the community that we intentionally find uh, that may be good for us, that provides that oxygen. But let's talk a little bit about the communities that we're born into, man. Tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about, let's let's just say, do you have any experiences with people that were in your community that impact, impacted you in a positive way? Any yeah, stories? I yeah. would think so. Um, so I grew up going to church every week. And you were, you went to church every week. I mean, not every week. I, th- Almost yeah, I so. take that back. We went to church a lot more than <laughs> okay. I wanted to as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, there were, there were always people around me. Mm. Um, and at times it, it seemed creepy. Like, you know, you're a kid <laughs> and you're just scared of people. Right. But they were always like, you know, lifting me up. Wow. Even if it was like, Oh, you look adorable in that. Yeah, so dra- you had a lot of part- positive yeah, yeah, yeah. affirmations. Like, almost too much. It was like, okay, can you can yeah. get away? But um, there was always just positive around me. Oh, wow. And then I grew up in a good neighborhood where wow. it, in a tight-knit community. Yeah. How, ha- how have you seen that show up in your life currently? How how has that like reinforced who you are as a person present day? I think most of it is kind of unconscious stuff and... Wow. Uh, things that you, like a lot of people might not even realize kind of like, uh, more so like my mannerisms and, mm. um, how like I, uh, I guess more so like social intelligence mm. is what I'm looking for. Like yeah. how I interact with other people, not things that like you would sit down and think about, yeah. like I can say, Oh, this is a clear way that this impacted me. But I can tell, like I picked up on the way that other people, around me were interacting with each other and how they would interact with me. And I mirrored that. Yeah. Growing up. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. I I can remember early on myself. Um, I remember there was a part (laughs) in my earlier life, man, where I played sports, uh, play all three sports. I was a part of this, uh, recreational center called, uh, Ben Hill recreational Mm -hmm. center. And so, uh, I had this coach named coach Cowan, I remember I was going to, uh, um, it was a summer camp there and, uh, he was one of the, like the camp leaders and he was just always engaging with, uh, you know, kids in the summer camp. And, uh, one day I was standing on the, the, the basketball court and they were, you know, throwing the football around. And so I joined in the circle. It's kind of like my first interaction with, uh, coach Cowan and, um, I started throwing the football to him and he'd throw it back and I would throw it to him. And, uh, I don't want to brag on myself, but I had some tight sparrows <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, he noticed that I had the the gift to 
like pass the ball. And, and like an hour later, he took me and a couple guys out to the field and he was teaching me plays and stuff. And I started throwing the football and uh, actually joined the team and became the quarterback because he saw potential in me. Wow. And I'll never forget that. Um, he was one of the guys early on uh, outside of my dad and, and encouraging me to play sports, but like uh, really saw uh, something special in me. And that it kind of like, kind of like was my first leadership role almost. Mm-hmm. I was a quarterback of this little league team, uh, led them all the way to the championship, man. And we had, uh, we had some really great players. And I, I think that, uh, as kind of like showing up present day in the way that I, you know, lead and interact. Um, Coach Calvin always talked about the team. And so I, I think I just shared this story, man, because I think our communities uh, at different phases in our lives play a, a huge role in what shows up in how we operate and behave today, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all have um, like a teacher or someone or teachers yeah. that impacted <laughs> us. Like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have the uh, thirst for knowledge I have without mm. that being something like, like you said, that people saw in me, like that the teacher would be like, you, like you worked really hard on this paper. Like, Oh wow. You must like to learn. I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> like, and yeah. I, you know, that carried on with me to this day. Like I'm still reading like, you know, two or three books a week. Wow, man. Like, all, mostly because teachers would say stuff like that, would have comments like that, and it would, I don't know, like, I guess bolster my ego a little bit. No, Not man. in a negative way. <laughs> I, I, but, I, I, would, I would say they were encouraging you. Yeah, yeah. But even thinking about our own stories and how that relates to uh, people who may um, probably be at a greater disadvantage, right? Like... What about the kids that grew up and they went to schools um, where they were bullied or Mm -hmm. they had to wear the same exact outfit every single day and they didn't have the the person in the community cheering them on? You know, how do you think that impacts people who may be wrestling with poverty? Yeah, I think in the same way we had positive outcomes it can just as easily be the the reverse. And Mm. I think I shared this quote like very early on in the podcast, but people become the conversations they hear around them. Yeah. So that's good. When we talk about community, if there is not, if there's that like negative, uh, if people are speaking negativity into another person, they're going to start to believe it. Yeah. You know, like if someone's constantly getting bullied, they're going to start to believe the bullies. Yeah. And I, I think that that too is like a part of that labeling yeah. that happens, um, and it 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 can be it, well it is dehumanizing because uh, you don't you don't even get a chance to to know the the person uh, behind the label. Um, there's a great analogy too, um, like I have this this water bottle here, yeah. um, and it has a label on it. I'm not going to say the the label on it, <laughs> right. but if I was to take the label off, uh, my focus would be more on the contents uh, that's yeah. on the inside. And so uh, I think society sets us up in many ways that 
uh, puts us at a disadvantage in how we even engage engage people who may be at you know, disadvantaged or living in a vulnerable state. Um, we're taught to look at the labels first and ignore the contents mm-hmm. uh, that a person may have on the inside. And that is dignity stripping, not dignity affirming. And so to your point, man, we are, uh, you know, we do become essentially the environments that we grow up in and uh, the conversations that we're around. And, you know, I think it's true that not only that, we become what we behold, you know, what what's in your sight, what is in plain sight. And if you always have some negative image before you or having uh, someone talk down to you, it can be very hard if you are also challenged economically, socially, emotionally, mm-hmm. and you're living in an impoverished uh, state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I definitely agree with all that. I, I mean, I remember... Um, not growing up in poverty, but being like having like a lot of social anxiety mm. in like when I was younger to the point like where I physically like wouldn't be able to talk to people. Really? And, yeah, like in public situations. <laughs> but now you're doing a fight, right? Now, I, like <laughs> well, I've like you know preached and all that. Like, yeah. Why is that though, man? I don't know. Like, like literally, I would just get so anxious in social situations that like I would someone would talk to me and I would just sit there and stare at them. <laughs> like I couldn't like no like I couldn't I couldn't imagine that like though. I was like would formulate a response in my head but I couldn't like actually open my mouth and say it wow how did you get past that though I think it was a, a, because a lot of people uh worked past that for me almost like what do you mean like they wouldn't just like look at me weird and walk away or mm. make fun of me they would you know give me a chance to get comfortable and mm. uh you know, be okay with being like a little bit distant for a little bit. And then I would start to open up and feel comfortable with talking and, yeah. uh, started, you know, like creating communities within larger communities where I could start to open up more and I guess spread my wings, so to speak. Yeah. And, and kind of like find yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an important point as mm-hmm. well, man. Um, that we must, you know, fight to protect, the safeties of community um, that people, you know, are growing up in and, and like being cultivated in and reared in uh, so they can find their voice. So yeah. they can find, you know, a sense of, of self-worth and, and validation uh, in many regards. And I think that's, you know, as, as, as believers that that's what we're called to do to remind people of the worth uh, that God is assigned to each individual, um, no matter what community uh, you come from. And I think we we have to get back there. But there's another type of community, too, man, we jotted down, um, which is the community uh, we find, the community that we find. Um, now, I'm not going to uh, uh, recite <laughs> a poem, <laughs> because I used to do spoken word, but I remember early on, man, people always ask me, how did you get into like uh, speaking or preaching and and stuff like that? And I remember at an early age, uh, you know, I had started writing like poems as a way to find catharsis and healing um, from some of the things that I experienced early on. And I remember I, I used to stand in the, the mirror in the bathroom and pack, practice these uh, <laughs> these poems until I actually found 
uh, a community where spoken word was like a thing. I remember the first time I saw Def Comedy uh, uh, Portrait Jam, Def Portrait Jam on television. I was like, oh, there are communities out here that, that does that. And um, so I started going to like Terrazzo's and Apache Cafe here in Atlanta. And I was like, uh, you know, sharing my poetry uh, while almost like being very nervous. But at the end of each one, uh, people would snap their fingers and clap and come up and say, man, you got something to say. Until finally one day I I met this, uh, she was a, uh, a personality on radio called, uh, her name was uh, Joyce Littell. Uh, she was very uh, popular in Atlanta. Uh, she used to do the Quiet Storm. And so uh, she used to host this, this slam at uh, Terrazzo's. And I remember I get up there and I do this poem. It's probably like 2021 20, at the time. And uh, she comes up to me afterwards. She was like, I got something special for you. I'm, I'm going to be a keynote speaker at uh, some middle school. And she invited me to do the same poem that I had performed there. And the first time I had spoken literally in front of a large audience uh, doing a, a poetry piece was it was like twenty five hundred people there, man. And it was like um, it was not about the audience. It was more about finding a space where I fit, where it wasn't weird to like do a poem or it wasn't weird to like express yourself, whereas it, it wasn't weird to be uh, who got had created me to be or anybody else to be. And so like, I think it's very important that we find those spaces where it's safe and healthy. And I'm afraid today, man, that many people don't necessarily have those types of spaces Mm -hmm. uh, that are impoverished. Yeah. I mean, if you think about so many of us had so many opportunities to find these communities you're talking about throughout, um, like our young adulthood and uh, early adult years throughout school and college and even church groups. But at some point in life, like your opportunities to find community get smaller. Mm. And would you say that is like after high school? Yeah. Well, or it can be after high school or or does it start getting smaller probably for like middle school kids as they matriculate through would I would almost think that high school might be the the you might have the most opportunities, um, just because to make connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because like in middle school, you might not have all those extracurricular activities right. like yeah. sports or theater. But um, if you don't go to college, like your True. opportunities immediately, um, they they almost vanish. Like you have to like it's pretty much work and if you are a person (laughs) of faith maybe your church or whatever yeah you go to that those that's almost it unless you really work hard to find communities right um which which uh i would say that is that is very true man and like which which may be the reason why many people feel isolated um because there is also a fear of if I do pursue a community, will I be accepted fully? Mm-hmm. Um, could I be my, can I be my authentic self? Um, you know, there are so many concerns as it relates to, you know, where people can find that safe space, uh, where they can be seen, you know, the, the whole 
title of the book is uh, about seeing other people, but it's also about being seen. And I think um, that people like if you're listening to this and you haven't found community, I don't think that we should also have that be an excuse uh, to stop us from pursuing community as well, um, because we all need each other. We need community. We need, you know, um, the text is clear. Like it's not, it's just not good for people to be alone. Um, because in community you find so many different things. Like you find a support, you find a safety, you find people who are Mm like-minded, you find friendship, you find, uh, sometimes clarity, you know, just being in, in proximity with other people. And I think, uh, that too, we also have to fight hard for, you know, people who are living on the margins, uh, to have those types of safe spaces. Um, and it's not to say that they don't, because many times people would say, um, you know, well, you know, most poor people don't have anything. And I would push back to say that that, too, is a lie. Uh, there's so much, uh, you know, community and camaraderie and all of the things that you could find anywhere else. I'm just saying that we need to fight to make sure that those communities have access uh, to be empowered, to strengthen the communities that are already there. Would you say that? Yeah, I think so often that we can kick those kind of people out of the few opportunities they they do have. Mm. For instance, there's a a coffee shop I go to uh, in the town I work and like everybody in there knows each other. Like someone will walk in and there'll be, three or four hey, people yeah who wave Bob, to him yeah, yeah yeah hey come sit over here when yeah. you when you get a chance yeah and it's like everyone who walks through the door somebody there knows them mm. how often do we see people experiencing poverty get kicked out of places like coffee shops oh, especially if it's not in close proximity to like their normal environment yeah yeah, yeah. why why do you think that is though finish your uh, thought, I, th- I think like like you said earlier the, the labels mm. people see the labels and they don't look at the content. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, that labeling too, man, uh, it creates the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's it, it, it just, I don't know, man. It does something to my heart and, it, you know, and I know it does, um, uh, damage to people. Say, like for instance, uh, I don't know if I shared the story, but like, you know, I, I talk to people sometimes, and they saying that they have to catch, you know, the MARTA bus all the way to, you know, another side of town uh, to go to work, and how sometimes they have more love within the context of their own community, and when they go outside of their community, they're looked down upon because they're riding a bus. Or they, they're looked down upon because, you know, they may have a, a job that is considered hired help. Yeah. Um, and that's damaging, man. Mm-hmm. It does something to the spirit of, of a person, but it also, uh, you know, it kind of strips a person uh, from seeing uh, if they're worthy or not. When in actuality, we're called to, to affirm that worth, man. Um, and I think we need a, a perspective shift uh, in many ways. But there's another type of community, too, that we, uh, you know, is 
ones that we're born into and then the ones that we find, but then there are the ones that we create. Could you speak a little bit about that, man? Yeah, I think the communities we we create are communities that we are very intentional with. Mm. Uh, they don't happen by accident, uh, whereas the first ty- two types of communities might. Yeah. Um, communities you create, it's very intentional. Mm. Like you're bringing uh, select people around you uh, maybe around a certain cause or wow. um, certain belief systems yeah. or uh, shared passion for a kind of activity yeah. that you are almost, in some cases, hand-selecting people to be around you. Mm. And how, how, uh, how important is it to create community? I think to really, truly be known as a person, there has to come to this point where you have to create your own community. Like you have to... Uh, create your own tribe almost. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would agree, man. And like, I don't necessarily mean like some big, like, um, you know, like some huge community or anything like that. I'm talking like, like a close little friend group mm. or something, or maybe even like a book club where like you hang out with these people because you're all heading in the same direction and you have similar passions and views on life. Yeah. Just kind of like people that will keep you encouraged, people that will keep you inspired, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and also, I think it's it's too important that people understand that, you know, that you don't just have to go out there and just, like, create it automatically. Yeah. Um, I would just say give yourself space and time and be patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also be willing to get hurt which is uh, the thing that we don't think about most that uh, because we are all flawed, because we all are messy people that, you know, you're going to forge relationships with people that will go and last a lifetime, but then you'll mm-hmm. forge relationships with people that will end abruptly. Yeah. Um, but that shouldn't stop us from creating community and being intentional with how we uh, spend time with uh, people. I mean, you never know. You could meet somebody and uh, be intentional about creating community with a person, uh, do a couple of campaigns, and then launch a podcast, you know? <laughs> you never know. And, and like, it all, could happen. Yeah, we could go back and forth through text and call it narrative shift, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've been listening to this this audio book um, by this, like, big Hollywood producer, and he said early on in his in his career he made a – like a personal goal to meet one person in the industry every single day, like one new person. Oh, wow. And like he was talking about, he would literally like lean out of his office window and yell at people on the street <laughs> and be like, Hey, you want to, yeah. you want to have coffee? But he ended up, um, meeting Ron Howard that way. And he, oh, wow. he formed like, uh, their own like media company together. Like, Are you serious? Yeah. With, uh, Ron is the director and this other guy's the producer. And they've like, Produced some of the, I mean, biggest movies in our lifetime, like uh, A Beautiful Mind, Apollo oh, 13, wow. like wow. all these huge movies just by being intentional about creating community. Yeah. Wow. And, and taking the step, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, I love that story, man. I think, I think it speaks to uh, 
the the adventure component to mm-hmm. uh, being intentional about creating community that you just you never know who you'll meet, you never yeah. know um, where where it will lead, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and you also like have to look past the labels mm. that you might want to put on people too. It's good because like I know like there are a lot of people I'm friends with who you wouldn't expect me to be friends with if you just looked at us. Really? You know? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, man? You know, like, um, like people of like different races, like, Oh yeah. You know how, like you like, and I. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like us. <laughs> um, but like I have a lot of friends who are, you know, like you wouldn't necessarily like put the two and two together. Right. I, I don't know if I told you, but with this one time I was uh, in Waffle House with a few friends yeah. And our waiter goes, are y'all like a church group or something? Because I wouldn't see like this group of people hanging out together if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Because that person was probably looking at the service. Right. He was looking like, you know, he's just, he's our server and looking at this table of people who don't look like they have anything in common. Yeah. And. Man. Man. How do you think the world would be different if people pursue intentional community. I think everybody would have a lot more friends and be a little, <laughs> right. little, little less lonely. Right. Um, that, I mean, man, I'm, I have to admit too, like, uh, the season that I'm in, uh, because firstly, I mean, we got to realize that life is short and brief mm-hmm. and none of the stuff that we are in pursuit of or have, at our disposal, we can take with us. Uh, only thing that lasts are the, the relationships that we yeah. invested in. You know, uh, nobody's ever st- stood at a funeral and said, "Oh man, you know what is he going to do with those flat screens?" <laughs> right, that'd be very insulting <laughs> yeah, if yeah, somebody yeah. did that vase he had. <laughs> in the corner. Right, you know, uh, people are like. <laughs> in most cases are thinking about the memories, you know, the times that could be celebrated. And so, you know, as we, we think about what we're really talking about is relationships, man. I think it's important for people to, to know uh, that we need to shift priorities. And for me personally, like I was saying, man, I'm, I'm in this space where, you know, I've been making uh, in my life personally, a list of what, what do I want more of? And what do I want less of? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jeff Schinnebarger. He wrote a, a book called More or Less. But, you know, the theme in the book is is essentially to look at your life and go, what do I want less of and what do I want more of? Do I want less stress, less worry, less doubt, less drama, less whatever you fill in the blank? And what do I want more of? And I got to doing this list, man, and... Without a shadow of a doubt, the thing that kept rising to the top was I want more memories. I want to create more moments uh, with people that I love and care about. I want to create more connection uh, with real people. I mean, it all went back to uh, the value of relationship. And it speaks to, you know, being intentional so that, you know, going forward for me, uh, you know, I can live a busy life and I'm I'm carving out more space to intentionally get with people that I love and care about and even uh, carving out time to pursue, uh, you know, relationships with people that I, I admire or I respect or people that inspire me. And so I think it's important, man, for us to 
to also think in terms of like, what do we want more of? Mm-hmm. What do we want less of? And how can we intentionally pursue those things? Yeah. No, I think that's a, a great um, outlook to have. Yeah. Like what, being very proactive about your life, thinking like, what do I not want to do? Yeah. And what do I want more of? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, guys, if you are uh, listening to this, um, we ask that you celebrate things that you can mine out of your, uh, you know, communities of birth, um, that you can also celebrate, uh, you know, the communities that you found where you fit some, uh, but we also want you to, you know, be in pursuit of the intentional communities that you can create, uh, that will provide the type of meaning, uh, that you're, uh, that would, would benefit your life essentially. And, uh, may we all, uh, leverage the strength from those communities to go out and be among those who are vulnerable, who may lack in these different areas, and and possibly, as you say, John, uh, become something good for somebody else's life. Yeah. yeah. So in closing, listeners, um, this has been uh, episode number ten, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we only got a couple more and then we're going to start a new season, new season, <laughs> new season of episodes. Um, I just want to shout out to all of the listeners. Um, it takes, I want to shout out my, my main man, John. It takes a lot to, you know, uh, think through uh, the notes and to come up with talking points and also to edit and put out content. And so I'm just glad and grateful for a friend to uh, be able to, be intentional with to do this podcast uh, but also if you like anything that we have uh, talked about would you share subscribe uh, leave a review of our podcast an honest review um, and then we got some social media handles uh, you can follow I'm at I'm Terrence Lester that's Facebook Instagram and Twitter and also uh, I lead an organization uh, called Love Beyond Walls it's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter that you can follow. And also, uh, we launched a museum called Dignity Museum. And right now, it's a small exhibit uh, downtown Atlanta, if you're in Atlanta, at the Center for Civil and Human Rights, uh, right next to the water fountain. So you'll want to check that out, as well as uh, if you want to look us up online, our website is lovebeyondwalls.org. Johnny, you have any handles? Yep, just one. You can find me on all social media, or at least all the social media I'm on, <laughs> uh, at Johnny Taylor 95 That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R-9-5. Yeah, man. Cool. Yep, that is it for this week. Uh, once again, thank you so much, and I hope you listen to the next episode. Yeah.